0: Would Colin Simmons be the biggest recruiting win at the University of Texas since the Mac Brown era if he were to commit? It sounds crazy. It sounds spicy. But I think it's true. You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are talking Colin Simmons. I make the argument he is the biggest recruiting win if he were to commit at the 40 acres since the Mac Brown era. Then we're continuing the conversation about recruiting, and our Texas football staff has been dominant on the trail. We give them their flowers to Shar Choice, Kyle Flood, and Steve Sarkeesian specifically. Last but not least, it's been almost a week since the NBA draft, and I have failed to mention Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, and Serge Abrair Rice charges to my head and not my heart. Moving on to the next level, we discuss all of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I'm up, you know, 5, 6 a.m. this morning. That's normal, right? But I'm up at, you know, 5, 6 a.m. thinking about what I'm going to talk about on today's show. And I'm sitting here like Texas football has not started yet. We're all anxiously waiting the rice game. No Texas basketball, no Texas baseball. What am I going to talk about on locked on Longhorns on June 28th? Right. And then I start to think, well, we just came off a big official visit weekend. Everybody's still kind of buzzing about Colin Simmons and you know, Kobe Black are they locked in with Texas? Are they going to commit to the University of Texas? And if they commit, when are they going to make their announcements, right? And if you're a Texas fan, if you're a recruiting junkie, if you just love the sport, I think we're all going to be figuratively sitting on the edge of our seats until they make their announcements. And then we're going to still be figuratively sitting on the edge of our seats until they sign because, you know, nothing is guaranteed, you know, in this uh, area of recruiting, especially when NIL being so prominent. So until they sign on the dotted line, I think we're all going to have a little bit of nerv- uh, nervousness about, uh, you know, Colin Simmons and Kobe black and some of the other top players in this class who decide to commit to the university of Texas. But I was thinking, would he be the biggest recruiting win at the 40 acres since the Mac Brown era? And I started to crunch some numbers. I started to go to you know some other websites, 24-7 on three, and I made the decision. I convinced myself that he would, in fact, be the biggest recruiting win at the 40 acres in over a decade. So before I make the full argument, I'm going to do our first ever Locked on Longhorns pop quiz. Yes, I'm very excited about this. So I'm going to ask you. Four questions about the state of Longhorn recruiting over the last decade plus. And I want to see if you can get them right. I'm going to give you 23 seconds to answer these questions while I play some music and get in my zone. And if you got it right, let me know in the comments. If you got it wrong, let me know in the comments. If you think the answer is surprising, let me know in the comments. If you want to be right in peace, wrong in peace, surprised in peace, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Right. And if you need more than 23 seconds or if you want more than 23 seconds, like you don't want me to spoil the answer for you, then feel free to pause the show and try to figure it out before you resume the show. Right. So here we go. I'm giving you 23 seconds to answer this question. The first question in our first ever locked on Longhorns pop quiz is Colin Simmons is currently rated the highest player in the state of Texas. He's the highest ranked player in the state of Texas currently. Sorry if that was confusing. When is the last time the University of Texas brought in the number one player in the state of Texas? 23 seconds to answer. Here you go. I gave y'all a little bit longer because that music started jamming, right? So hopefully y'all got the answer. The last time, and I hope y'all not cheating, man. It's not that serious, right? The last time that Texas brought in the number one player in the state was 2018. Caden Stearns, the number 18th overall player in his class. Colin Simmons is number six. The University of Texas, the flagship university in the state of Texas, has not brought in the best player in the state since 2018. That is crazy. All right, the next question, 23 or more seconds, depending on the beat, right? Excluding Arch Manning, Colin Simmons would be the highest-ranked player, period, to come to Texas since when or who is the player? 23 or more seconds. Here we go. that was definitely more than 23 seconds i like that beat i might run that back for the next question excluding archman and colin simmons would be the highest ranked player sixth in the country right now that could change i don't see him going down though his senior year to texas since 2012 jonathan grett 2012 highest ranked player to come to texas out of high school since 2012 the university of texas it's getting scary with these answers right all right Colin Simmons would obviously be the highest ranked defensive player in this class to come to the University of Texas, right? Who is the highest ranked defensive player to come to the University of Texas in recent memory? I guess I gotta find a way, a better way to word that. Colin Simmons would be the highest ranked defensive player to come to the University of Texas since who? 23 seconds, let's get it. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Colin Simmons would be the highest ranked defensive player to come to the University of Texas since Malik Jefferson in 2015. We're talking about almost a decade. This is getting scary. All right. The last question in our first ever Locked on Longhorns pop quiz. Colin Simmons would be the highest ranked defensive lineman to commit to the University of Texas out of high school and sign with the University of Texas, I should say, out of high school since. 23 seconds or more. Here you go. I promise when this episode is over, I'm just going to jam that music, right? Colin Simmons would be the highest ranked defensive lineman to sign with the University of Texas out of high school since Jackson Jeff Jeffcoat in 2010, 13 years ago. So as you can see, when you look at these last four questions, we have not had a player of Colin Simmons caliber in a long time. So why would he be the biggest recruiting win at the University of Texas since the Mac Brown era? Well, if the pop quiz didn't explain it, let's go into a little bit more detail. He plays a premium position. Right now, I think offensive tackle, quarterback, and edge rusher are the three most important positions in football. When you look at the NFL draft the last few years. And I think this won't change, you know, moving forward. If you look at the top 10, top 15 picks in the draft, you're going to see a ton of quarterbacks, a ton of offensive tackles and a ton of edge rushers they are the three most important positions in football, right? You need somebody in a passing league to throw the ball, obviously somebody to protect the person who throws the ball, particularly their blind side. And then somebody who on the defensive side of the ball can prevent the quarterback from throwing the ball. It's just a premium position. You have to weigh players at that position higher than you would weigh any other player at any other position, right? Regardless of how talented they are. Secondly, Texas has struggled to bring in dominant players at that position, right? As we learned from our pop quiz. So that would only benefit Texas moving forward to bring in a player of Colin Simmons stature, right? He could be the first of many Dominant edges at the University of Texas, and you need dominant players at that position to win at the highest level. So, when you look at a player like Bijan Robinson, that was a huge recruiting win, right? But we've brought in a ton of running backs, right? Texas is running back. You, he also came to the University of Texas while Tom Herman was on the hot seat, right? We have not brought in a player of Colin Simmons' stature right? And his status at his position in over a decade, it would be a huge recruiting win, one of the biggest wins since the Mac Brown era. And this could be the start of bringing in a lot more Colin Simmons to the 40 acres because you cannot let all of these talented edge rushers, especially in the state of Texas, not come to Texas or go to other schools if you want to compete at the highest level for conference championships in the SEC and ultimately national championships. Now, when you look at it, Colin Simmons is a top 10 edge rusher in the country, not top 10 edges, right? He's the number one edge. He's a top 10 player in the country overall. From 2016 to 2020, seven of the 10 edge rushers that were ranked in the top 10 were first round picks in the NFL draft. I'm going to say that again. From 2016 to To 2020 seven of the 10 edge rushers ranked in the top 10 not just made it to the nfl they were first round picks that is 70 percent right that isn't even including 2021 because dallas turner will be a first round pick in this year's draft right so that's a 70 70 plus percent first round draft pick hit rate on top 10 players in the country at the edge position and what i learned is they're either first round picks or still in college, have transferred or not playing football anymore. Like there's no variance. Right. It's not like seven of them were first round picks and then two of them were third round picks. It's either you're a first round pick and you lived up to the recruiting ranking or you did not right? Like It's two opposite ends of the spectrum. If Colin Simmons were to come to the University of Texas based on the data. Right. The only thing that could prevent him from being a first round pick in the NFL draft. Is Colin Simmons, right? He is that special of a player. We absolutely need him on the 40 acres. And when you look at some of the other players that would be in contention for the title of the biggest recruiting wins since the Mac Brown era, I got Malik Jefferson. He was the 10th overall player in his class, uh, number one linebacker in the country, number one player in the state of Texas. That was a huge recruiting win. But I think with Charlie Strong and his defensive prowess and you know his track record of being a great, you know, defensive coordinator at Florida and all of that, it made sense. For Malik Jefferson, the number one linebacker in the country, the best player in the state of Texas to come to the University of Texas and play for Charlie Strong, ultimately ended up in the NFL. Of course, B. John Robinson, I talked about that earlier, you know, how special he was at the University of Texas coming out of high school. You know, when Texas was, you know, in a shaky point in the program, he came and he was the number one running back in the country. So that's definitely one of the biggest recruiting wins in recent memory. But I just think Texas has never struggled to bring in running backs in Running back is not a premium position. Right. And so I love what B. John Robinson did for the University of Texas. But I'm not so sure that the running game would have not been fine if we didn't bring in B. John Robinson. I can't say the same about Colin Simmons. I can't project that we'll have the same edge rush, you know, if we don't get Colin Simmons, that we will. Because I love B. John Robinson, love him to death. He was special at the University of Texas, won a Doak Walker Award. But in our biggest games this year, we had no running game. Against TCU, we had no running game, and Bijan Robinson was on the field. Against Alabama, we had no running game, and Bijan Robinson was on the field. Colin Simmons is just a more important player at a more important position. No disrespect to Bijan, John, obviously one of my favorite players ever to put on the burnt orange and white. Arch Manning would probably be the next argument, and of course, Arch Manning was a huge recruiting win. I'm not even trying to be divisive saying Colin Simmons over Arch. The reason I say Colin Simmons over Arch, even though Arch is at a premium position as well, is because I think the media overhyped the Texas and Georgia recruiting battle. One, I don't think Alabama was ever in it. And two, I'm not so sure that Georgia was in it as much as the media wanted us to think, right? The media kept painting it as this 50-50 decision, but that's because they were on the outside looking in, right? They weren't really talking to Arch. They weren't really talking to Arch's family. If you think about the media and these recruiting sites, when do they talk to the recruits the most? At these camps, right? Well, Arch didn't camp, right? So then when do they talk to them the second most on these visits? Well, Arch didn't take a bunch of visits, right? So to me, the, you know, competition between Texas and Georgia was overblown, especially when Steve Sarkeesian got the job in 2021. I think at that point, Arch Manning made the decision he was coming to the University of Texas. Not to mention there's a video of Arch Manning when he's like 12, 13 years old saying, I want to go to the University of Texas. Now, if Tom Herman was still here, that might have been a more interesting decision. But I think when Steve Sarkeesian got the job in 2021 after what he did in Alabama in 2020, Arch Manning more than likely, for the most part, made his mind up he was coming to the University of Texas. I would have Arch Manning right behind Colin Simmons, but I would rank him a little bit higher. And then Anthony Hill. Really good player. We hadn't brought in a linebacker, you know, since Malik Jefferson, like Anthony Hill, but he was the 18th overall player in the country, number two linebacker in the country, and the fourth best player in the state at a non premium position. I think you have to rank Colin Simmons higher than him as well. So, in my opinion, this would be the biggest recruiting win at the 40 acres since the Mac Brown era. Texas absolutely has to make sure that Colin Simmons ends up in a burnt orange and white jersey. And from everything we're hearing, it sounds like that will be the case. We just have to patiently patiently wait and see when he'll make his decision. A quick word from our sponsors, and we're going to talk about Kyle Flood, Steve Sarkeesian. It's a choice how they have been absolutely dominant on the recruiting trail. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So I started to mention this yesterday about how dominant Steve Sarkeesian, Tashar Choice, and Kyle Flood have been on the recruiting trail. And that's one of the biggest reasons that we have so much faith in this program moving forward. We have so much faith in this Texas football team heading into the SEC. And one of the biggest reasons why we think that this 2023 season will be special for our favorite football team, right? And when you look at these last two classes, they've been nothing short of amazing, right? Top five classes. And you've already seen players like Kelvin Banks, who looks like a future top 10 player at a premium position, right? <laughs> going back to our last segment in the NFL draft, right? They've already hit on a bunch of players. And we've seen development from the players they didn't recruit, you know, over time at the 40 acres, players like Jalen Ford, players like Christian Jones. So I have a lot of faith in this staff that they are the staff that is going to get Texas back to prominence in college football. But when you look at the recruiting And what they've been able to bring in since they've been here at the University of Texas, we're going to start with Steve Sarkeesian. And we know his track record with quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks he's worked with, gotten to the NFL, quarterbacks have had some of their best seasons under Steve Sarkeesian. We know when he's on and when he's at his best, he's one of the best quarterback developers, quarterback whispers in the country. And he's one of the best play designers and play callers in the country as well. It's no secret why the best quarterbacks in the country want to come play for Steve Sarkeesian, regardless of where he's at. And I think that's a big reason, like I said in the last segment, why Arch Manning committed to the University of Texas, because Steve Sarkeesian was here to develop him. So when you look at it, Quinn Ewers, he brought in from the transfer portal, who was the number one overall player in his class. Then he brought in Malik Murphy, who was the number 12 quarterback in his class. And I feel like the COVID season and everything that was going on in California had a lot to do with that. Now, even being the number 12 quarterback in the country is nothing to sneeze at, but there were points in time where Malik Murphy was rated higher than that, right? He actually went down, you know, over the course of his junior and senior years. And as we saw in the spring game, he has the potential to be a lot better than the (laughs) 12th. overall quarterback in his recruiting class. Then you bring in Arch Manning, a number one overall player again in his class, of course, the number one quarterback. Then in the 2024 class, you bring in Trey Owens, the number 32 quarterback. Now, I shouldn't have to say this, but I do have to say this on the podcast. I know he's a three-star, and I know that the number 32 quarterback in the country sounds a little underwhelming when I just said number one, number one, and number 12. You have to put this in perspective. How many high school programs are there in the country? thousands. There are thousands of high school programs in the country, which means there are thousands of high school quarterbacks in the country. Trey Owens is ranked number 32. There are only 31 quarterbacks in the country according to these rankings better than Trey Owens out of thousands of high school programs, right? So when we look at the 3 star, we look at number 32, we have a tendency to, you know, look at it and say, "Oh, that's a little bit underwhelming," right? 32 32nd best quarterback out of thousands of high school quarterbacks. Trey Owens is going to be really good at the 40 acres. And you have to trust Steve Sarkeesian in the eval more than you trust 24-7 rivals or on three. And then in the 2025 class, you have KJ Lacey, the number three quarterback in the country. We'll see you know, how that stacks up by the time he comes out of high school. He still has a few more years. But when you look at it, Steve Sarkeesian has been absolutely dominant on the recruiting trail in terms of quarterbacks. And it seems Every year, the top quarterback at least has to listen to Steve Sarkeesian and at least has to consider the University of Texas because his track record of development at that position. That's not to mention 2026 quarterback Julian Lewis. A lot of people have said he's the best overall prospect between the 2024 and 2026 classes. In three years of recruiting classes, this player that is about to be a sophomore in high school is the best overall player in all three of those classes. And he's already talked about he's going to make an official visit to the University of Texas. He's made unofficial visits to the University of Texas. So that could be the best recruiting prospect in three years that is going to have Texas on his radar. Steve Sarkeesian, a plus recruiter since he's been at the 40 acres. Now, look, let's look at Tashar's choice. Right. And we saw what he was able to do in terms of the NFL draft with Jameer Gibbs, B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson all going in uh the top four rounds which is really special right they're all going to have really big impacts this year on the bears lions and falcons respectively but when you look at what he's been able to do on the recruiting trail being here the last two years uh yeah being here the last two years as our running back coach you bring in cedric baxter the number one running back in the country out of florida and he wasn't the number one running back in the country when he started recruiting him right we all thought that you know the triplets would be reuben owens um Jontae Cook and Arch Manning, right? We always figured those would be the three triplets to come to the University of Texas. And Tashar Choice said, no, I want Cedric Baxter out of the state of Florida. He goes into the state of Florida and gets Cedric Baxter to come to the University of Texas. Cedric Baxter was once committed to Florida State. Cedric Baxter is a lifelong Florida State fan. Cedric Baxter's favorite player of all time is Dalvin Cook. Florida State had a better season last year than Texas did. Tashar Choice goes into Florida and takes Cedric Baxter away from Florida State. Hell of a recruiter, number one running back in the country. Then he comes back and goes back to the state of Florida. Goes, well, not Gainesville. He's not in high school in Gainesville. But Jared Gibson is from Gainesville, Florida. Formerly committed to the University of Florida. That's in Gainesville. And he gets the number two running back in the country. Out of the state of Florida. The number one running back in that state that produces some of the best talent in college football and in the NFL. In back-to-back years on the 40 acres, his second target, Christian Clark, the number 23 running back in the country, which I think is absurd, but it's not crazy, right? As I said, there's probably 100,000 running backs in high school football in the country, right? Christian Clark, the number 23 running back in the country, his second target in Arizona goes into that state and gets him, right? Tashar Choice can go anywhere in the country right now and get the best running back in the country if he wants to. He's absolutely killing it. the recruiting trail and of course texas is running back you so combined with you know our legacy of running backs here at the 40 acres and tashar choice being the one pulling the strings i would think in recent you know not in recent memory but in future years we're always going to be in contention for the best running backs in the country because of tashar choice and the legacy we have at the 40 acres and when you look at kyle flood one area we desperately needed to improve when he got here was the offensive line and he's been nothing short of amazing when you look at what he's been able to bring in in the recruiting classes dj campbell the number one interior offensive lineman coming out of high school. We have yet to see that materialize on the field, but I think it will start to see that this year. Kelvin Banks was the number three tackle in his class. I think he was like the 33rd overall player. That already looks like a mistake because he looks like a future top 10 pick in the NFL draft. He's just a special player. Uh, Big Nito, the number four interior offensive lineman. I think eventually he'll get his chance to shine at the University of Texas. Malik Ogbo, number 23 offensive tackle in the country. Cole Hudson, the number 13 interior offensive lineman in the country we've seen flashes from him Jaden Chapman number nine interior offensive lineman I'm not going to mention all 13 he's brought in over the last three years but offensive line is the hardest position to recruit I wouldn't say recruit excuse me hardest position to evaluate out of high school right and I think that a lot of recruiting services don't effectively evaluate offensive line right and so you see a lot of players that are Three stars or low four stars on an offensive line that end up being dominant and end up being some of the first players taken in the NFL draft, right? Because it's hard to evaluate those players, right? Especially, you know, these people that sit at desk in these recruiting sites, right? But Kyle Flood knows what he likes in terms of offensive linemen, those big humans, and he knows what he's looking for. And so I think that you're gonna see from the time Kyle Flood got here to the time Kyle Flood leaves dominant offensive line units at the university of texas and that's paramount to win in the sec so kyle flood Tashar choice and steve sarkeesian have been absolutely dominant on the recruiting trail and i think offensively on that side of the ball we're going to be set for a long time at the 40 acres and you know whatever chris jackson does in recruiting it really doesn't matter because if you're bringing in the top quarterbacks in the country the top receivers in the country will want to play for those quarterbacks and steve sarkeesian in that offense as well so that's on the offensive side of the ball. Who on the defensive side of the ball can step up and, you know, earn their stripes in terms of being a dominant recruiter like Steve Sarkeesian, Tashar Choice and Kyle Flood have been thus far. You look at Pete Kakowski, getting Colin Simmons would go a long way. Right. He's brought in, you know, Colton Basig, uh, Tassili Arcana, um, you know, Dre Bledsoe, Jamon Tapp, some really good edge players, Justice Finkley you know, friend of the show for sure. Um, so P Kakowski has done a really good job. I think Colin Simmons would go a long way in terms of, you know, establishing Pete Kakowski as one of the best edge recruiters in the country, especially if he could follow that up and, you know, uh, recruiting class, uh, recruiting classes after that. You got Bo Davis, who's brought in Sadir Mitchell. We haven't seen a bunch of, you know, big or uh, really highly rated, you know, players at that position in terms of the interior defensive line come in since Bo Davis has been here. But, you know, I think that'll start to trend, you know, in the right direction, especially going into the SEC as Texas starts to win a little bit more. Jeff Choate, I love what he did this year with the linebacker class, bringing in Anthony Hill, Samaje Burrell, uh, Darion Galette, and Leonga LaFowle. You know, so if he can continue to do that at a high level year in and year out, Jeff Choate definitely could be in that conversation. And Terry Joseph bringing in Malik Muhammad last year. Kobe Black looks like a lock this year. So Terry Joseph is really starting to establish himself Uh, on the recruiting trail as well in terms of defensive backs at their cornerback position. So, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, Tashar Choice and Kyle Flood have been dominant on the recruiting trail. I think Pete Kakowski, Bo Davis, Jeff Cho and Terry Joseph have been really good. If they can step up into that dominance here as well, Texas will absolutely and undoubtedly be one of the best college football programs in the country moving forward because our staff is absolutely amazing in terms of recruiting and development and these recruits and these players and the transfer portal and their families absolutely see what is happening on the 40 acres? A quick word from our sponsors, and we're gonna talk about Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, and Sergio Barry Rice moving to the next level. So this was just a special year for Texas basketball. I just remember being in that run and, you know, thinking this is a really good basketball team, man. And I think what made it so special, obviously, is the turmoil they had to deal with in December. I'm not going to bring it up on the show, no reason to, but, uh, you know, the team really had to band together. And we've seen plenty of teams that have dealt with uh, you know, things like that in the locker room or things like that behind the scenes, and they fall apart. And it's easy to do that. These are college kids. You know, some of them were true freshmen, right? But instead, they got better, right? And you notice this team develop and get better every day. And they rallied around Rodney Terry and this recruiting staff. And it led to, you know, them winning the Big 12 tournament, which, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. It really started with the momentum they had with beating Kansas that last regular season game. Um, and then went in the big twelve tournament, and then getting to the elite eight, you know, for the first time in over a decade for this Texas basketball program. Um, it's just some really special stuff and I was hanging on to every word I was watching every clip from the Texas basketball, Twitter, watching every press conference. I just really fell in love with this team, and it really brought my heart closer to this Texas basketball program, the closest it's been in a long time. I'm so glad that Ronnie Terry got the job and you know, I'm so glad that this program looks like it's going to be healthy, you know, and it's going to be in really good shape moving forward. But I think one of the biggest reasons for that is not just Ronnie Terry, but the players that have set the foundation on the court. And three of those players are Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, and Sergio Bryce. Rice. And I know none of them are homegrown Longhorns, right? None of them signed with Texas out of high school you know you had Marcus Carr who I think was at Pittsburgh Minnesota and then Texas you had uh Timmy Allen who was at Utah and then Texas and of course Sergio Barry Rice was at New Mexico State and then Texas so none of them were homegrown Longhorns, but they're Longhorns for life. And what they were able to do on the court last year, Sergio Barry Rice, and what Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen were able to do the last two years, like I said, I think will set the foundation for some really good basketball at the University of Texas for a long time. And we'll never forget that Elite Eight run. you know, I think they should have made it to the Final Four, you know, A lot of people, even Chris Beard has said multiple times on interviews, if Dylan DeSue does not get hurt, that Texas team is probably in the Final Four, right? And I wish they would have been in the Final Four because I live right across the street from NRG, so I could have walked to the game. But nonetheless, a special season, a season that will forever go down in my heart, a season that will forever go down in the hearts of Longhorn Nation, right? We just held on to that team so much, and they gave us a lot of special moments. So Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, and Serge Barry Rice, none of them got drafted. You know, that's nothing to sneeze at or nothing to— be sad about only 60 players get drafted. I think this year it was 58. So it was even less. And there's a lot of talented basketball players. There's only 450 players in the NBA. It's hard to make it right. One of the most exclusive leagues in professional sports, right? Maybe outside of the WNBA. And so they didn't get drafted, but they still made it to the NBA in some capacity. And that's all you're asking for is an opportunity, right? If you ask any Hooper, just give me an opportunity. Put me on the court against who you think is better than me, and I'll show you why he's not, right? And all three of our players from last year that set the foundation for Texas basketball moving forward have that opportunity. Marcus Carr got a summer league contract to the Phoenix Suns. And if you know anything about the NBA right now, the Phoenix Suns need a lot of bodies, right? So he has a chance to go in there in the summer league and uh, you know, put on a show. And even if the Phoenix Suns don't retain him or don't send him to their G League affiliate, maybe another team can look at Marcus Carr and say, we want him. And if not, you know, he can go play professional basketball somewhere. He's one of the best basketball players in the world. He's going to get an opportunity. Timmy Allen was signed to a summer league contract for the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Grit and grind over there with John Moran. Hopefully he can talk some sense into John Moran down there in Memphis, but he's going to be in a summer league contract. Same thing, right? He has a chance to, you know, audition, in, in front of the world and, and playing the summer league, get a lot of minutes, get a lot of shots. And, you know, hopefully that leads to maybe a two way somewhere or, uh you know, being in the G League or, or playing professional basketball overseas. Right. I think that, you know, could be the path for Timmy Allen. And then Sergio Bari he got signed to a two way contract uh with the San Antonio Spurs. So he will be with their G League affiliate if he's not on the official roster and he gets a chance to play with Victor Wimbiana. <laughs> so, you know, Victor Wimbiana could be one of the best basketball players of all time. Sergio Roy Rice could, you know, do that pump fake and then throw a lob to him in the summer league. So really excited for Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen and Sergio Roy Rice, three players who really helped set the foundation for Texas basketball. And I think this program is in a really good spot moving forward. And that would not have happened without the contributions of the three players I just mentioned. So really excited for them. I'm going to be watching them all summer, keeping up with their journey and I'm forever you know, fans of those three players. And like I said, they weren't homegrown Longhorns, but that doesn't mean they're not Longhorns for life. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them. Peace. Sorry. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>